0: In the session today, I am joined by Hannah Bland. Hannah is the campaign manager at a climate charity called Possible. And for many of us, tussling with the whole sustainability thing and trying to bring it into the mainstream within our businesses and organisations, one of the big challenges is having something that is accessible and that makes a difference. And today we are going to be talking about a such thing. It is something called Climate Perks. Uh, But we'll come on to that in a little while because I want to hear a little bit more about Hannah. So welcome to the episode, Hannah.
1: Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me on.
0: So... The the charity, before we get into the the detail about, obviously, climate perks, which I think is going to really resonate with a lot of people looking to get on this journey of making a difference and actually doing practical things, because that often is the hardest thing uh, when it comes to uh, sustainable initiatives. Tell me a little bit more about um, Possible, because, you know, a charity set up purely for the aim of sustainability and becoming and advocating sort of climate change um, it sounds like quite a place to be
1: yes yeah it's great um, it's an interesting part of the movement we're sort of stubborn optimists always looking for solutions um, but yeah so possible we started about 10 years ago now just over 10 years ago um in 2009 um off, off of the back there was a movie called the age of stupid which is kind of, is a, it's sort of a comedy, dark comedy, looking at what's gonna happen sort of in 10, year, 10 years, everyone's like, why didn't you do anything? It sort of shows what will happen if we don't do anything on the climate crisis and the sort of terrible situations that, that will, the terrible consequences that will happen. And it was a really good movie, um, but sort of off the back of that, people are like, okay, great. So now what, what do we, what do we do? And we're realizing that there wasn't a space at that point in the, in the climate movement for positive actions that everyday people can take. Um, and so that is when we started a campaign at that time called 1010, and it was to get everybody's carbon emissions down by 10% by 2010. And so we had loads of different things. We worked with businesses, communities, individuals, um, and everyone sort of became part of this campaign. And we were kind of coming up with positive things they could do. And then it sort of just carried on since then. Um, And so in 2009, no, 2019, we changed our name when it became 10 Years Anniversary. It was sort of becoming a bit um, depressing to still be called 1010, uh, always having to explain this thing 10 years ago. Um, So yeah, so that's why we're now called Possible and we sort of slightly changed our angle a bit. We're still, still very much the positive. Sometimes we're, you know, helping schools get solar panels, planting trees in um, flood affected areas, um, and also doing some sort of policy oriented campaigns as well. Um, so at the moment in England, it's very difficult to get um, a wind turbine. Uh, so we had a big, big campaign around changing the, the legal sort of framework, which makes it difficult to get wind power. So, yeah, there's a real range of work that we do, but um, just for a small charity, but it's, it's great fun
0: so this this is um fascinating because I guess with all those fingers and so many pies you you i mean I guess you get this opportunity to kind of spot stuff that others might not if they 're working you know down one sort of particular stream of of the sustainable kind of initiatives obviously that are going on now, but everything from wind turbines to working in schools i mean it 's a really broad remit i mean is this something that 's been quite kind of conscious to just try and really make a difference everywhere because it it sounds really well one very positive and very ambitious but just really quite fascinating that you get exposure to so many different ideas and concepts and people
1: yeah it's definitely it's definitely that's the case there's sort of two angles for that and one one of which is that you know we just have to do everything climate change is going to affect every aspect of our life and it does mean you know that changes in all sorts from how we're getting around to what's powering our homes to what we're eating like everything is impacting the environment and so that's where the action is needed um, but then, then there's, there's another sort of aspect which is we need to engage everyone right it's not um, we sort of want to build a, a better cleaner fairer future and to do that we need everyone involved and so when you do have like a broad spectrum of projects it means there's always sort of something for someone um, and we find that people get in interested in one particular thing maybe they like working outdoors and they come along to our tree planting project and then they realize you know it actually feels really great and motivating to be doing something positive about climate um, and so then they'll come in through that way and start I don't know lobbying their local politicians about onshore wind um, so yeah it's, it's really nice to have that spread sometimes it feels a bit a bit of a lot, a bit daunting to have a lot of a lot of things to have to do, and uh, but yeah, I think it's you know it's important people have to do it, so we're we're, we're doing that.
0: Mm. And and I, I guess one of the, the the trends, I mean, if if we call it that that, that maybe possibly came to sort of indicate to you that something like Climate Perks was going to be, you know, very, very relevant and, and a really, really powerful campaign. Um, it's, it's, again, this whole idea about trying to touch on everybody so that they, they can kind of take away a little piece of... You know, something that's relevant to them because unless it resonates to you or for you it, it's really hard to kind of get that motivation because everybody will say oh i'm so busy i've got so much on and oh, it was you know climate crisis yes but you know we've got you know economic crisis as well and i can't afford to pay the bills and it, there's always seems to be a distraction doesn't there so i i guess you must kind of see with something like climate posts which we will tell everybody about in just a moment it, it must be that you kind of sort of think right we're really honing in here on something that can have a a major and quite profound impact across you know many styles and sizes of organization was that the kind of thinking behind it
1: yeah yeah for sure and I think just on on that what you say like it's right people sometimes think that you know the climate crisis is something separate to economic struggles and um other sort of feelings that feel more immediate to a lot of people and I think that's kind of a lot of our projects are kind of focused on the sort of the co-benefits because people might, for example, you gave, um, yeah, economic struggles like heating your home that bills are really expensive, but that's actually very tied to when you're, you know, it could be made much easier if we did have onshore wind, for example, and could get cheaper power um, sourced by, you know, I, I live in, in the UK, we, it was really windy weather. So renewable and it, would be much cheaper if we allowed to if we were allowed to have onshore wind turbines more and didn't have to rely on oil and imported oil and gas. Um, so they are really connected, and when we can tap into what re- people really care about and people's immediate needs, then you can sort of put the pieces together and realize like actually, I think there's a misconception sometimes that people feel like taking action on the climate means um, limiting yourself or, or you're not allowed to do certain things, and actually there's a lot of positive benefits of of positive action on on climate change you can have cheaper bills um healthy foods um like enjoying like tree planting and slower travel and yeah there's a lot of benefits it's not all about just like limiting yourself or um yeah making your quality of life any worse
0: yeah and I think I think a lot of people do um misinterpret that. I think I probably did right at the start of, of my journey and I'm far from perfect in this, you know, we're working on it, you know, I'm on a journey, but I think what you're kind of intimating is that the most important thing is to one make a start but two just realize it is the little things it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, I'm going to take this, you know, complete career change and I'm going to do something really radical and we're going to stop doing a whole bunch of stuff like I'm never going to travel, etc. um it clearly doesn't have to be like that. And there's a really quite interesting point that you make about this kind of interlinking between various things because they are. Once you stop and think about them, you realise actually everything is connected. It really is genuinely connected. And I think that's quite a yeah, quite a wake-up moment, I think, for has well, been for me and, and certainly for a lot of people um, sort of on this, you know, the starting out of the journey because let's face it, most of us are just starting out on this journey, even though we might have been sort of aware of it for many years. Is I think a lot of people are feeling maybe a little guilty that they didn't get on board earlier. So I think it's kind of initiatives like the one we're just about to talk about, and we will talk about Climate Perks, is that, you know, it's, yeah, it's just about knowing what options you have. So if you're in an organisation and you're doing any form of travel, there is this concept now, not concept, service, campaign, networking opportunity How, how would you describe climate perks tell us a little bit more about what it is and then kind of how it sort of you know comes into this this main debate about sustainability
1: yeah so um climate perks is how would i describe it it's it's actually the name of our network of employers um and so it starts with the the acknowledgement that flying is really bad for the climate it's it's one of the most sort of high carbon activities that you can do um and so we want at possible we want to encourage people to change their travel behaviors so that they're choosing more trains and coaches uh ferries sort of just getting around without flying um wherever it's possible and one of the key barriers to that we found was that it just takes longer. Um, I'm someone who loves to travel, but having a limited amount of uh, annual leave, I don't want to spend it all on the train. Um, so a lot of people want to fly so they can just zip to some sunny sunny location, spend two weeks there, and then zip back. Um, so realizing that, we started working with employers and businesses of all different types and sizes. Um, to ask them to give their staff sort of extra time off uh, work um, as in sort of HR benefits. So you get paid days on top of your annual leave um, for the traveling so that it doesn't eat into your sort of precious holiday time. Um, So I used this last last month, I went to um, Madrid and to fly there would just take a few hours, but I wanted to take the train and you have to go to Paris went to Barcelona and then to Madrid, so it would take all day. Um, and so I asked my manager, I filled in a quick form, which is part of the Climate Perks scheme. And it's it's like, how long does it take by plane? How long does it take by your method? And then any the time difference would then be given back to me as paid leave as a, instead of cutting into my, my annual leave. And so, yeah, so that's like the concept um, at its basis and that's how it started and we got loads of interest from um businesses because they're they're increasingly seeing that their employees want action on climate change and they want to find things that they can give their employees to show that they're serious um and this is quite a simple concept which is say two days um two days a year um for your employees um but now it's sort of growing so that we also provide a lot of um resources and support for people who don't always know sort of how you might get to Madrid for example without flying um and so we we offer that support give people resources and now we have a couple of um sort of environmental friendly travel companies that are partnering with us to give discounts as well to sort of further incentivize those sort of climate friendly holidays
0: so how i mean, come back to some, some of the um the sort of the details for employees in just a minute but i'm curious as to kind of that journey which you know is obviously a really really interesting comparison because you know if you fly from UK to Madrid like you say a few hours in the air but the actual journey I'm guessing because obviously there's travel time to the airport there's the long lingering time which seems to be ever increasing actually at the airport the inevitable short maybe slightly longer delay it's not just two to three hours is it but the, the complete yeah. elapsed time i think a lot of people forget and they, they might be thinking oh well you know it's going to be taking me ages longer but once you're at the station hop on the train the journey's already begun and so how was it in terms of the actual experience
1: yeah yeah you're absolutely right i i am um, i'm fair I, only in the last few years that i've started taking long long distance train i used to fly everywhere it's terrible i didn't really know how bad it was um but I just I love it now I never I don't want to go back um you're right I used to yeah being in airports is is slow <laughs> it can be stressful it's also quite disorientating getting onto a flight and then all of a sudden you're in a new city or a new country um whereas yeah getting on the train got in central London you get on the, um St Pancras um that's just two hour train very comfortable there's a cafe car where you can get like drinks and um just stand or stretch your legs and then you're in the middle of paris where you can get you know a croissant or something french if you want to enjoy enjoy paris and then there was um a i think it was six seven hours um train from paris to barcelona which you know that is a lot a long time for a train um but it was very comfortable again we got tables there's an there's a cafe um and I was right next to the window, and and just actually seeing the country like rolling past through countries instead of sort of going over the top of them is just such a lovely experience. Just to watch the sort of the past uh, the time go by and be like mindful of what you're going past. We actually went that trip. I didn't realize you go past like this area. There was loads of flamingos. I didn't expect to see flamingos in Spain. Um, there was loads, so that was beautiful. And then also just going through all this stations in in southern France and, and Spain and then well on the way there we actually decided to stay the night in Barcelona so we could have a swim in the morning in the sea and then hop on uh, there's like quite regular trains then to Madrid which is a couple of hours away and again that was just it just felt much like yeah I was going to say slower which it is slower but like also um just felt felt uh, slower and a kind of more grounded, grounded again, all of these words. Um, yeah, it just felt more like mindful and more um, healthy really than just like being stuck inside a, an airport without windows and then on a plane and then in a bus and then, yeah, it just felt much easier and then you're straight in the center of the city. Um, yeah, it was really, really lovely experience. And um, my partner who doesn't get the extra days off work he loves it too. So he's always like very keen to be going by train instead, even though it is eating into his annual leave.
0: Isn't this interesting? It kind of almost redefines, I guess, long haul travel is a, is a bit of a bit of a different conversation. But in terms of the kind of short to medium more sort of interco- intercontinental um intracontinental i suppose is the word um travel then that this sort of opens up as you say with the flamingos and i just had this vision in my head of something that you would never normally encounter unless you made a real effort to go there so the surprises that you're going to uncover kind of en route and maybe open up new ideas for different journeys or different visits the next time and yeah, this, this sounds, I mean, over and above, obviously, the, the carbon thing is you know vitally important. But, you know, I, th- I think th- there's always something kind of behind these kinds of initiatives that means it, it's a good thing to do, not just for climate, but actually, as you say, you know, for feeling grounded, feeling more connected with, you know, the, the places that you're traveling through and to it just feels like there's no reason not to do it now doesn't it really and i think yeah. certainly here in the uk you know a lot of us will have typically taken short flights from one end to the other where you can kind of within an hour and a half or so you can literally cover the the whole distance of the uk on a plane whereas you know obviously going by train it's going to take you eight or nine hours you know sort of end to end but again you're going to see things that you would never have seen Really, really interesting. I, I'd not really looked at it. I knew the practicality mm. of Climate Perks, but then I didn't really consider the subjective kind of experience, which feels, yeah, just really quite special. Really, really interesting. So what, what kind of um, organisations, businesses, companies are kind of signing up to the network?
1: Um, we have um, most UK, um, but we do have increasingly more outside of the UK and Europe and um further afield um but the, yeah there's a bit of a mix um, we do have quite a lot of environmental organizations uh, some of the first to sign up um and sort of environmental consultancies um and we have a lot of sort of about half of them are charities that sign up um and then another half are sort of um private sector businesses um uh, a lot again a lot environmental but uh, there's a big chunk of sort of marketing and digital agencies that sign up I think often um that sector is quite keen to um it's ex- like look after its staff and try new things it's sort of that startup vibe and um, we have a lot of that kind of organization that are you know keen to try try out new practices and redefine what what it means to be an employer um and so we also, yeah, we have a lot of like marketing digital agencies, a um, couple of sort of healthcare organizations. Um, and then we more recently have um, the Climate Change Committee, which is a, um, a civil service organization in the UK. They are the like government's climate advisors. So that was quite exciting because we're, we're, we're really keen to get more um, local councils on board. I know a lot of local authorities want to join. Um, the NHS, lots of trusts get in touch. They want to join as well. But those, it maybe takes a bit longer um, for those organisations to sign up. So it's really helpful for us to have a civil service organisation already on board. But yeah, it's a real mix. Um, and for different reasons, mostly around seeing that they need to show they're serious on climate um, and seeing this as a simple and quite inexpensive way to do that, but also engages their staff.
0: Mm. And, I, and I suppose in lots of ways, the whole change, well, the fundamental change of working, particularly for those of us who have got a sort of an indoor office, computer-based job, as it were, um the, the whole kind of way of working from you know being originally office based to then kind of you know remote working through pandemic and then hybrid has come out the other side as being a thing obviously a lot of people also work you know remotely now i I guess this kind of flexibility in working styles has kind of played into your favor because you know people would then think about that kind of full day journey from the UK to to Madrid and think well actually okay it is about watching the countryside rolling by happily a alongside me but actually i can get a bit of work done too or i can read that book that's been sat gathering dust on the shelf and actually this is going to be some real quality time i can maybe think about stuff for once and i never get a chance to do that but also because of connectivity i can actually maybe do you know a little bit of work on route so i've just sort of triggered off my thought there for the uh, the digital marketing agencies because a lot of those are going to be now you know hybrid working and and very familiar with kind of working on trains and every every cafe you can imagine so so that kind of must have really played into your hands as this being the moment because if you tried this back in 10 10 days it yeah. probably wouldn't really have kind of caught on as as well would you would you think
1: no i think you're absolutely right um i think i think since the pan, since the coronavirus pandemic people are more just more aware of yeah being digitally connected like a lot more a lot more people are questioning sort of because business flights is another angle we don't really work on it much but we often advise our employers and members about um how they can sort of um decarbonize their business travel and I think yeah as there's more conversations happening around not flying for work that people are also thinking about not flying in their in their like personal life as well Um, and as you say people with people being more digitally connected they're also able to travel by the train travel by train although sometimes that means employers will sometimes come to us and be like well why did why do our staff need extra days off if they can just work work from the train (laughs) um so that's sort of another angle i mean that's i mean we encourage we encourage that for organizations that can but for many um employees including if you're traveling as a family like with children you might not want to be working on the day that you're you're traveling it's definitely opened things up and made it more flexible for people. That just wouldn't have been an option if for flying.
0: Mm, So it's really interesting. And it does feel, again, I guess, you know, the whole possible charity um, sort of ethos about, you know, just being flexible and exploring and just being part of, you know, a moving movement. And I think this is really interesting put those two words together, but it kind of works here, Um, you know, because it is evolving, isn't it? And I think you're going to see a lot of change over, you know, how people pick this up and, you know, where the kind of the real sweet spots are. There'll be certain industries that will really get this others that might take a little bit longer certain types of you know demographic of you know sort of the people who are going to be using the service actively um it's, it's going to obviously give you some really interesting insights um going forward so yes fascinating fascinating stuff so how do people get in contact with you how do people sign up find out more learn and experience climate perks
1: so um we have a website it's um www.climateperks.com so very simple um url there um and on the page there is um you can register interest there and you just um type your name and email address in and then i'll get back to you (laughs) um with some information and some resources also you can find us um so Possible, the charity that I work for, um, so Climate Perks has its own website, as I, as I just said, but we also have um, Possible, which you can find at wearepossible.org um, and we're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I think we're just now on TikTok. <laughs> so you can find us on social media as well. Um, or you can email at hello at as well. Um, and then all of those ways you'll get through to me. <laughs> uh, we're not a very big team and I'm the person who runs the Climate Perks Project. So um, yeah, I'd be happy to help. When, when someone signs up, we send them sort of template policy for what it looks like for their team to, to implement the scheme. Um, and then we just sort of go from there, but it's a very sort of quick process. Um, yeah, and if you have questions, then just you can email them or send them through the website.
0: It's wonderful, really, really good. And I think, as I said right at the uh, the start of this uh, this conversation, you know it's so good to have something that's really accessible, can make such a great difference and yeah, just challenge our thinking. I think as as um, citizens, I was going to say consumers, I don't use the word consumers anymore because consuming stuff is not good. Um, <laughs> so it's citizens, as citizens, I think we can all, yeah, just keep our minds and eyes and ears open to these possibilities. And I think, you know, I would certainly be advocating strongly looking at uh, climateperks, um, com because I think it's it's a really fascinating sort of insight into the changing travel industry. And I think, you know, I can imagine there's is having a, a long and very prosperous and uh, yes beneficial life um, as a campaign i think it's become more than a campaign hasn't it really this is a, a <laughs> movement in itself isn't it yeah. so thank you very much for your time today hannah it's been really fascinating uh, also hearing about the journey to uh, to madrid because i think again just those practical kind of little examples always really really help everybody to kind of understand really what this is all about so thank you hannah for your time
1: thank you neil it's been great